is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I can understand why he did. He doesn't want to talk about Michigan, you know, 0-2. He doesn't want to talk about the big game coming up against Penn State and against Michigan again. He's a great coach. He's done a tremendous job. He's a great offensive mind. Ohio State's a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. And he can go after me all he wants. The Notre Dame was a better football team and more physical. And I'm sorry that Coach Dave was offended by it. I hope he goes on as a wonderful year. I don't think they'll be a great football team. I really don't. I felt Notre Dame won the football game. All we had to do was fall on the ball. All they had to do was fall on the ball or maybe have 11 guys on the final snap. Um, I, I, I kind of like oh, uh, Coach Holt's firing back at Ryan Day there, huh? He uh, he really sounds like a true college football fan, definitely a true Notre Dame fan. Yeah, yeah I, okay. I know the score says we lost, but we were the better team on Saturday. Anyone can yeah. see that. Come on. I still feel we won the game, Yeah, they beat us, but I just – I don't see it, guys. I don't see them being a great team this year. I know they beat us at our house, but they, I just don't think that there's some great football team this year. I love it from Lou. Well, it, you know, that was a good early test for Ohio State. They've got Maryland and Purdue at Purdue coming up before they host Penn State um, October 21st, which that's going to be a really good game. Anxious to see them go on uh, on the road to Wisconsin. That could be a good game. Wisconsin, I feel like, is maybe getting a little bit better. And then at Michigan late is going to be a really tough one. Maryland, what do you make of Maryland? They're actually, they've, if, they've evolved into a program that for 10 years, I didn't really know what they were doing, doing or notice what they were doing up there. Mm-hmm. They'd have a good player from time to time. Maybe it tied in, maybe on the defensive line, but they've evolved into a high-flying offense. And Tua's little brother is out there. Um, why am I, Mike Loxley is the head coach out there. They're, they're an offensive-led program now, so at least they have an identity that they're sticking to. Uh, There'll never be some great defense. I don't know what their numbers say this year. but yeah. I think Actually, I think their defensive numbers are good yes, now. Are they? Their schedule has been not great up to this point. They play Towson, Charlotte. Um, they did handle Virginia 42-14 and stomped Michigan State 31-9. So, I don't know. They're, they're not bad. They're not bad. We'll see. Uh, okay, I've got some quotes from Brent today at his press conference regarding the run game. Let's see uh, how we feel about this. So, first he was asked about the uh, running back situation. He said, quote, We'd love for somebody to establish themselves that hasn't happened yet, in quotes. Yeah. That's kind of what I said yesterday. 
I, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between the four players that they've got. When you look at the metrics, I mean, they're playing the two best guys. And I don't know. I I don't know what a whole lot is, is going to change. And that's the one thing that has, has become pretty apparent. I mean, four games, is, that's a decent enough sample size. It's a third of the regular season. It's, 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 it's good enough, yes. Especially considering the, the opponents that we've had that someone should have, like, really run with it if they were going to be that dude. And just appears that as of right now, we don't have that dude. Brent. Eric Gray, when you watch, you go back and watch last year and watch Eric Gray, it, it feels like that's a far cry from what we've got, at least up to this point in the season. Uh, more from Brent on the running backs today. Quote, I think it's hard to run four running backs in a game. You want to be efficient. We need to be a little more detailed in the run game. In quotes. Yeah. Well. And then the last thing he said today, or at least at the front of the press conference, was asked why we didn't see really any of Barnes and Sawchuck, and he essentially pointed to uh, practice last week. We could practice is why we didn't uh, see those guys. And DeMarco is who determines um, who's going to play this week against Iowa State. That's his call, his position group. Yeah. Does that make people feel better or no? I mean, I don't. I don't know if anything's going to make someone feel better about the running back situation right now. Only thing that's going to make you feel better is if it looks like somebody emerges on Saturday. I right. mean, that's that's really it up to this point. I I don't know what everyone's concern level is. I'll ask the text line. Um, text line on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest. Where are you at right now with the concern level? Not just the running backs, but the running game in general. Because I do think that there's equal blame to be spread around between the offensive line and the running backs. Though I think Brent said it today, or maybe it was last night, um, it hasn't been all bad with, with the O line. The pass protection up to this point has been solid, very solid. Yeah. I, I thought that offensive line played one of their better games um, of the year against against Cincinnati, and that's considering Cincinnati has the best front seven that we've seen, and one of the better ones that we will see. Um, a pretty solid getting some movement in the running game. There's some stuff there. But, you know, at some point, some the running backs are going to have to make someone miss. And yep. we haven't we haven't made it through a lot of those, like, the, the ankle pick tackle, you know, where it's like the last guy and he's out of position and he makes a desperate dive at the legs of the back to get him down. And feels like right now, through four games, the defenders are batting a thousand on that play against us. Nine one eight says uh, a blank and ten. Cherokee Sooner says a four. Here's an eight. Here's a one of ten. Lloyd says a seven. Jalapeno says a nine point nine. The O line stinks. Uh, South Dakota Sooner says DefCon three needs someone mm-hmm. to show up. Here's a ten of ten. Here's a five from Brad and Shawnee. Here's a 10 from the 405. They spelled it that way. Uh, D in Choctaw says O-line blocking, meh. Running back play, meh. So we're anywhere from uh, Billy Bob 10 all the way down to a 1 not concerned. We're, we're all over yeah. the map today. So a, lot, a lot of 6.9s as well. Not, sh- yeah. <laughs> not shocking. 
What what about you? One to ten. Ten being very. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm about a seven right now. Yeah, I'm about yeah. a seven, and unfortunately, that number gets higher as the weeks go on. Right. I think I agree with that. Ah, uh, man, and I don't. The problem is, is I don't know how much of an answer we're really going to have. I I think game plan wise, we'll continue to find some things. I thought the. The quarterback running game was a nice little addition against Cincinnati. I think we'll continue to sprinkle that stuff in game plan wise week by week and, um, and find ways to get Dylan Gabriel involved to where maybe that thread of quarterback opens up those, those creases a little bit more for the backs. But at some point we got to make guys miss or we have to continue to make people pay in the, in the passing attack whenever we have one-on-one. Okay, well, what's more likely out of the two? I definitely think the latter that you just said there. Yeah. Right? Like that, it feels like it. The strength of the offense to – I think we said this last week. It's not just throwing the ball, like to get a little bit more detailed than that. I think the deep ball is the single biggest strength of the offense up to this point. They actually do a, like a, a really good job of that. Like, thank, thank God, by the way, that it is a lot better and more consistent yeah. than last year. I think they do a really good job of scheming it. And I think that we have some really good guys to throw it to. Andrew Anthony's been been fantastic. I mean, I think we all had some high expectations for him. You know, not a lot of, of previous production to go off of at Michigan, but we knew he was a burner. He's been a very pleasant surprise at wide receiver this year. And the emergence of, of Anderson and Gibson, I think, has really helped that group as well. I, I'm all for continuing to push it down the field to those guys, covered or not. K-Dub in the 918, I would say seven is my worry skill right now because nothing about our run game makes sense right now from run blocking to who's playing running back or the schemes we're running. None of it is meshing. You, I think you agree that I said I'm at a seven. Sounds like you're there as well, K-Dub in the 918. And... The lack of running game moving forward is an issue for obvious reasons, but I'll just go back to the last two drives of the first half Saturday and the end of the game on Saturday as to why it could potentially really worry me moving forward. Because as well as the defense has played, and as well as I think that they're going to play moving forward, if this team is unable to run the football, it's going to continue to put the defense in really tough spots, man. Like, that's maybe more than anything of what I'm concerned with. Not being able to close out a half, not able being able to preserve a lead, not being able to aid the best side of the football that you have at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because they've won the – and time of possession doesn't always have to be the, you know, the end all in a game. But have they only won the time of possession one time so far this year? Are they one for four in that regard? It wasn't great last year, and it caused uh, yeah. some issues. They've, they've got to do a better job, I think, of possessing, possessing the ball against a better defense they play. Yeah. No. I, you know, they've had some good long drives, but often those long drives are, you know, they, they have maybe five or, or six plays, and then they really start to hit the gas and when they find something and they go faster and faster. So – you have longer drives than we did a year ago, but you know they're 
I typically when you think of a 10 minute drive or a 10 play 11 play drive you're talking about chewing up some real clock but ours tend to be quite a bit faster and that's fine I I I I don't necessarily have a pace or I don't have a problem with the pace that we're we're playing with right now I I'm just you know we've got to be able to move some people out of there and we got to be able to make some guys miss uh, run through tackles, more yards after contact because it's not good right now. We are, you know, uh, well, I talked about the advanced metrics yesterday. Tawi is the only back that we have right now that is above average on yards after contact, and it's not – it's just barely above average. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the running back position itself has just been so fascinating this year. I mean, it wouldn't grade out very high through the first four games, but – the two guys that played last week, I mean, they've shown the ability to make incredible individual plays, which is which is a little bit odd, right? Marcus mm-hmm. Major makes an incredible play um, to score a touchdown against SMU late in the game. How about um, a, a forgotten play from Saturday? How about Tawi Walker? I think he catches a pass, a short pass, and he just kind of bulldozes his way for four, five, six extra yards after contact. It was a really good-looking play. Marcus Major picks up a third and 19. So, again, I'm the running backs wouldn't grade out high, and I'm not saying that my grade would be any different, but there have still been some individual plays where I say to myself, okay, they're, they're capable of what – they're capable of a lot better things of what they're showing at this point. Right. No, so, I, I guess I, that leads to a little frustration, too, when you look at it that way. No, I agree. And, you know – just to kind of tie that all together, right now, Oklahoma has the number one scoring offense in the conference, really by uh, quite a margin, 46 uh, points a game. Kansas State is next at 39 points a game. We also have the number one scoring defense in the conference, too. Number, when's the last time we had the number one scoring offense and number one scoring defense? Probably been a long time. Um, but... When you go to just like rushing offense, we are bottom half. Bottom half. We are seventh at just 157 yards a game. UCF is number one at 260 yards a game. And then you got Kansas is over 200. Cincinnati's over 200. TCU's over 200. Kansas State right at 200. Uh, and then, you know, it, it slowly trickles down to where we are at just 157 yards a game. And it's against, you know, it's four games. Like, our, our rushing statistics right now, you would think, would be at the highest they will be the entire season because of our non-conference schedule. Yeah. Well, I, we talked in the offseason about more quarterback run game this year. You're going to be able to do it. And I, I feel like when we talked about it, it was like, this offense will have the luxury. It'll be a luxury for this offense to be able to add in more quarterback run game this year. Um, I, it's like they're, they're going to have to do it now here moving forward if things don't significantly improve. And yeah. not that Dylan Gabriel by himself is the answer to the run game, but if the running back play isn't better, offensive line's not blocking it up better, like you're going to have to have Dylan Gabriel be a factor week in, week out in the run game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I agree with it. Yeah. I don't know. They'll get creative, I think, you know, a couple of things. The offensive line is 
going to continue to get better. I think they've gotten better almost week by week. It's not where – maybe it's not where people had hoped at this point, but I, I, I'm, I'm at least more optimistic because I feel like like if it was getting worse or stagnant, I think I'd be more worried. But it's getting better and better every week, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm okay there. Now, the running back situation – seems to really have flatlined and plateaued a little bit. I don't know if we have an answer there, but through game plan and through offensive line play and through the addition of, of perhaps more quarterback stuff, I feel like we can spark something and generate a little more rushing offense than what we have already. So I, it's not like we don't have any more tricks up our sleeve or any more bullets in the, in the, in the magazine. There's some things we can go to, but I just don't know that it's going to give us the overall result that we we will ever want. So, I don't know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out today at East Village. They've got some apartments available. They've got all kinds of different floor plans here. One bedroom, one bath, all the way up to the three bedroom, two bath for just seventeen hundred a month. The one bed, one bath is nine hundred a month. They've got all kinds of different amenities, 24-7 emergency maintenance, valet trash, a 24-hour fitness center that happens to be really nice. Um, you got private balconies in select units. you got pet stations, so a lot of good stuff going on at East Village. You can check them out online, eastvillagenorman.com. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Victory Family Church. It's more than just a church. It's truly a family. And as it continues to grow, you can now celebrate with six opportunities every Sunday morning, starting as early as 8.30 a.m. and the final service at 3 p.m. Learn more about service times and everything going on with Pastor Adam and the church at victoryfamily.church. That's victoryfamily.church. Check out our campuses in Newcastle, Chickasha, and Shawnee. Victory Family Church, online at victoryfamily.church. Are you or a loved one facing criminal charges in Oklahoma? Don't face it alone. Call Carter Jennings, the dedicated defender of your rights. With a focus on criminal law throughout his career, Carter is a skilled attorney based in Oklahoma City, but he's there for you wherever you are, even in tribal courts. Why choose Carter? Because results matter. His track record speaks for itself with countless cases won and charges reduced. Don't wait. Call Carter today for a free no-obligation consultation. Call 405-659-7221 or visit carterjenningslaw.com. Don't be one of the powerless when extreme conditions strike. Lightning, high winds, excessive heat, or other severe conditions can leave you in the dark or worse. See the light. Contact Oklahoma Generator, the company that gives Oklahomans the power to protect their family, homes, health, business, and life. Oklahoma Generator is a certified premier Generac dealer, providing professional installation, service, and repair to keep you safe and secure. Be ready for anything. Oklahoma Generator. OKGen.com. Power to the people. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. 
I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Okay, so five tacos of cheese and a large soda. That's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My son Ian was diagnosed with a brain tumor at the age of 16 months. We had no hope until St. Jude rescued us. He's alive because of what St. Jude has done. He's here because of the doctors who came before, their blood, their sweat, their tears, the knowledge accumulated and shared you know, with everyone else around the world. This is how we help kids beat cancer all over. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Are you ready for fall sports, outstanding deals, and of course, more delicious chicken? Call the 12th Avenue Chick-fil-A in Norman at 405-310-3189. It would be our pleasure to serve you, whether dining in, carrying out, catering, or delivering delightfulness to your front door. Boxed meals to nugget trays to gallons of lemonade and iced tea. We have plenty to offer this fall, including the brand new honey pepper pimento sandwich with the caramel crumble milkshake. Call 405-310-3189 and remember, eat more chicken. He played, he played good, you know. He played well. He re- managed things well, made good decisions, uh, led with toughness, played with some toughness. He had, a, you know, several, you know, plus one run game. Uh, it went for positive yards and, uh, you know, played well. And, and does that mean he played perfect? Nobody that got on the, on the plane played perfectly. And that's never expected, but... Uh, uh, you know, he did a lot that was, you know, fantastic in the game and, and uh, gave us a chance uh, to win. There's Brent Venables at his press conference today, asked about Dylan Gabriel's performance against Cincinnati. said, yeah, played, uh, played well. Didn't play perfect. Nobody on the plane flying home from Cincinnati played perfect. But, yeah, he played well, gave us a chance to win. Was that what he sounded like last night at Rudy's when the uh, topic of uh, Dylan Gabriel came up? Uh, yeah, I think he, I think he felt pretty good about it. You know, he, he acknowledged the mistakes and, and, you know, he, what he talked, what he really said was he felt like that game should have been, uh, what did he say? 30, 30, 38 or something. I don't know. He thought that they should have scored. Yeah, no, it was he, he, and I agree. He sh- he said they should have won that game thirty-eight to six. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah, if they do win thirty-eight-six, we would not have had the drama that we had yesterday on the show. Right. At least I don't think. And, right, and you know there there was some of the offensive stuff that you can point at directly to Dylan. Some some accuracy issues. There were some other things that weren't him and. You know, I, 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 
I still believe that Dylan Gabriel's doing a good job at quarterback for you. Uh, pretty much every metric would point to that. That doesn't mean that there hasn't been more meat meat on the bone in, in some of these football games. There has. Um, luckily, it hasn't cost you. At some point, as the competition gets more and more difficult, you get deeper and deeper into the season, and teams are going to be able to prepare little bit better against you as your tendencies start to become apparent and and your strengths and weaknesses it you know just should get a little bit more difficult to to put up yards and points so we're gonna have to continue to get better and better and dylan gabriel's included in that canick the kryptonian on the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line says jackson arnold would be a huge addition to the run game if he was playing was the Cincinnati game the first time he didn't play in in a game? He played against Arkansas State, played against SMU, played against Tulsa. Yeah, Saturday was the first game he didn't he didn't get in. Right. Um I guess I'm not shocked that he didn't get in. If you would have asked me before the game if Jackson Arnold will play a snap, I would have said yes. Uh, but it's not shocking that he didn't, given the the fairly tight nature of the game throughout. I, I, here's the question. No, I, I mean, there's there's people that are kind of all over the spectrum on what they think of Dylan Gabriel, and I don't know where you fall, but I think you you lean fairly heavily towards he's he's been pretty good. When he's uh, when he's just run the offense and just been yeah. a, a quarterback, he's been fantastic up to this point. Right. But the 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 QB the run or the QB power package not not great. And I don't think that that's his fault. I just don't think that that's where he's best suited. But no, no, no. I'm not talking about. Are you talking about Jackson Arnold? Yeah. Sorry. You're, you're no, about. No. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Gabriel. Um. Yeah. I, right. He, he's got to hit the layups. We talked about it yesterday. He's got to hit the layups. But I think overall, it's it's been fine. Yeah. It's been good. Do you foresee any any chance that I mean without him just going out and playing a horrible game, do you foresee any any chance that I I don't know, maybe if we're playing in a game and offense is, is struggling that they introduced him for a spark? Um I do I entertain that idea? Yeah, I, I, I entertain the idea. Um I don't think that if that were to happen, it would be a full on quarterback change. Here's what we're doing moving forward, but I think that could happen if Gabriel is struggling is struggling along with the run game, right? Like I, I feel like the spark yeah. that you could be talking about is maybe a position for more of a traditional quarterback run game with with Jackson Arnold versus what he's been trying to give you in the run game, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but I don't feel like I, that's imminent. Like I don't, I'm not looking at this week's game saying, well, they don't get off to a great start. I I think right. we could see Jackson Arnold. I mean, we we could build up to that, and I think that that was the question that you were asking. But yeah, I could yeah, see I, it. I just don't think it's imminent necessarily. I don't I don't think it I don't think it would happen this week. I don't even think it would happen against Texas, win or lose. But I do think that if you if you lost to Texas, and a lot of it was because like, if the defense played good enough to win and the offense just couldn't get anything going and was stagnant and 
didn't have any juice. Like I could see that after that game, and I mean, I guess there's a maybe a point depending on what it looks like where maybe even in the game, but most likely I think it would be after the game to where, you know, maybe that starts to become something that they entertain. But I don't think they're anywhere close to that right now. No, at all. I, well, I mean, but you I, can point. You can come. You can point to a bunch of different things before you ever even begin to get to Dylan Gabriel. Well, and I agree. And I, I think that they know too the potential. I mean, just the the drama that that's going to cause if they take Dylan Gabriel out in a game because he's not playing well, and you throw Jackson Arnold in and, and he does play well. Now, you, now you yeah. got a situation on your hands, right? That's right. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't totally rule it out this year. I just I don't think that's going to happen on 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 Saturday. But yeah. if Gabriel goes out and he beats Texas and he plays well, not only are we not complaining about him anymore, but he's going to be in the thick of the Heisman talk as a quarterback that's 6-0 and and just beat a top three team on a neutral field. Oh, so, yeah. so the narrative on him, like that, it's really going to flip. Now, if he doesn't play well and they lose, then it's maybe going to be worse than it was yesterday on, on the text line. So it's just a when i look at the legacy or the career of Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma that Texas game is a massive game for it man and i think we knew yeah. that even going into the year but as it sits right now um that that's just such a huge game as to what the overall fan base thinks of him i think yeah no i agree i agree with that um yeah it, it's it's uh that's i guess that's the one good thing about and maybe there's more than one, but one of the good things about Texas being overrated, which I think they still are, is if you go out there and you beat them in the Cotton Bowl, if you're Dylan Gabriel, well, you're just going to bounce right to the maybe not the top of the list, but you're now on the list for postseason accolades. Yeah, if you, you finish. So you finish say you, you say Texas is overrated. Um, do you to some degree? I still think they're. I think they're really good. Well, yeah. I mean, offensively, it's been kind of up and down. But when it's been good, it's been good. Are they excellent anywhere offensively? Other and I, I guess this could be a little bit similar to OU. I feel like they throw the deep ball well, just like OU. Their, their receivers are good. They're fast. They get out in open space. Ewers, when he's got time, he throws the deep ball well. But are they exceptional anywhere offensively other than stretching the field? Because the run game numbers are not great up to this point, and Ewers is not going to give you much in that regard either. Yeah, I think they, I think they are excellent in the offense that they run. Um, I think that Sarkeesian does as good a job as, as almost anyone out there at getting the ball into his playmaker's hands in, in really good concepts and schemes to where they can do something after the catch. I think they're really good at that. Whether it's a, a tight end screen that they had a bunch of success with a couple of times against Alabama, pushing the, the ball downfield to the big tight end, uh, or you know any of their wide outs, giving those guys opportunities. Now their run game is, is lacking. Um, you know they're they're below Oklahoma right now in, in yards per game rushing, so that still needs to come around. But I think they have, I think they have an elite offensive uh, scheme, really good. And I don't. Did you hear any of the the huddle last night before coach's show? Uh, very little. No, mostly just when, I, when Britt came on. It was interesting. Trevor Knight was on there, and Trevor Knight said that he. 
he got to spend some time with Sarkeesian whenever he was in the NFL with the Falcons. And he said that he was really impressed and, frankly, surprised at how dedicated to culture Sarkeesian was. And I, he like Texas has always been a nightmare culture-wise, but he thinks that it may be in a much better place now than it's ever been. And I kind of agree with that from what I've seen. Uh, Camo Sooner says, how much of Texas success is talent and how much is coaching? Well, I guess to the point, maybe they, they finally have the coaching that's come around with the town a little bit. Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's both. I don't know. I mean, what would you say our percentage is coaching and, and talent? And I think that they're probably – I think they're probably a little more talent than we are, and I don't even I don't even feel great about that. But you know, they they've I think maybe they've up to this point maybe found better ways to get the ball to their talent. Tulsa Boomer says we're a third of the way through the season. In your opinion, is OU more likely to go twelve and zero or nine and three? Oh God, I I hope it's I hope it's twelve and zero. Like that's why nine and three before the year I just couldn't. I couldn't get down with that because nine and three, who are you losing to? Go go think of three teams that you'd lose to, and think about your your, your best win if you were to go nine and three. Like I, it, I I wouldn't predict either of those right now, but if I had to go one or the other, I mean God, I I'd have to go twelve and zero over nine and three. If I picked three teams that you could lose to, it would be Kansas, Texas, and TCU. Um. The next on that list would probably be UCF. Um, Twelve and zero. I mean, he, here's the, here's what the question's asking: Do you feel like OU is more likely to go eight and zero the rest of the way, or five and three the rest of the way? Yeah. Again, I, I hope the answer to that is way closer to an eight and zero team than a five and three team. And there are a lot of analytics out there. There are some analytics, I should say that would think that OU's much closer to a 12-0 and team than they are a 9-3 and team. The ESPN FPI uh, has them still ranked as the number two team. There's a lot of metrics that uh, I think in Vegas, they'll be a dog to Texas, at least we think, but that's the only game that they're going to be an underdog for the rest of the year. So by a lot of like metrics or betting lines or whatever, a lot of things would tell you they'd be closer to 12-0 and than it would be 9-3. and I mean, some, right. re- some things are really going to have to go wrong for them to go 5-3 and down the stretch. Yeah. Let me think. I, I think I've got it here. Um, the odds of finishing nine and three are seventeen percent. The odds of them going twelve and zero are twelve percent. So, according to the SP Plus, there is a higher chance of them losing three games. That's surprising. Than, well, I mean, I I think it's probably not just because. Like with every every game you add to a winning streak, it it becomes like the percentages become lower and lower, right? And winning twelve straight is. I mean, I, we've talked about this before. How many how many undefeated regular seasons have we had in the last twenty five years? It's not very many. Um, three, uh, two thousand, oh three and oh four regular seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Three times, and the last one was almost 20 years ago. So, I mean, that's that's really where that comes from, I think, more than, more than like, finding someone on the schedule that they would lose to. All right, 
Quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next, hanging out the East Village today. They've got plenty of apartments available, uh, $900 for a one-bed, one-bath flat, and they've got the three-bed, two-bath, 1,600-square-foot uh, with a balcony, 1700 a month, plus all kinds of great amenities. We'll be back. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. Take up to $72.50 off MSRP. Just the appearance of spots or floaters or blurred and distorted vision. Visit seeforalifetime.org. What caught Teddy's eye brought to you by Yalagosny Law. Have you heard hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at Yalagosny Law. They work to keep your claim moving forward and fight delay at every turn. That's Yalagosny Law, 405 800 8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, let's start with Oregon. Uh, did you see the movie they released yesterday afternoon, evening, basically the four or five minute? Yeah, no, it was documentary awesome. Documentary of that game. It was awesome. I just love that one. They show Shiloh Sanders um, smack talk in the way that he did, but they even put that in subtitles. Amazing. Right. They wanted to highlight that, didn't they? Yes, they did. Um, they wanted everyone to see straight up that um, everything was not exactly as, as it appeared, um, and they had reason to be upset. But you could tell that uh, there was a concerted effort by um, by Oregon. Like go, they knew it was going to be a huge deal with a lot of people watching, and it was a huge opportunity for them to really get a leg up in West Coast recruiting against Colorado and. They documented every little thing throughout the week and put it in that movie. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, impressive. Not surprising for a school like Oregon, but I I think that the point is there are so many great things that have come for Colorado since dion has been hired, mostly financially, right, and Mm -hmm. attention. But the one downside, and I think it's a real downside for those guys here moving forward, is how many times in college football history – has a team that won one game last year and a team that may be a fringe bowl team is going to get the best, the absolute best from their opponent week in and week yeah. out. That's what's yeah. going to happen here moving forward with Colorado. Yeah, I mean, you they got a lot of attention early on. And I don't know necessarily how much of it was their doing more than it was kind of the national media wanting to jump in and get the – get the story on what's happening um i i think that that was probably the biggest the biggest reason they got all that attention but there's no doubt that with the way the first three games went it put a huge target on their back for sure um next thing i've got there's a native american group now that is hope hoping that since taylor swift is now uh i guess a chiefs fan they're hoping that she's going to help put an end to the tomahawk chop that goes on with the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, no. 
What do you make of it? <laughs> they're they're counting on Taylor Swift to do that. Now she has yeah. she just attended one game, poor girl, and now everyone is uh, expecting her to step in and halt the biggest tradition that they have at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, that's a nice thought, and it caught the headlines, but uh, I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. Oh, I, it's I, better I, than a nice thought. It it is the perfect thought for that group. The group is not in our honor. It's a Native American group. And they're essentially hoping that, uh, quote, we remain hopeful that an outside influence like Miss Swift could be an ally for us in moving the conversation forward on why the CHOP is a racist act. Uh, to us, that hand gesture is synchronized racism. Now, here's the thing. Whether you – I don't know how everyone feels about the Tomahawk CHOP. Here's what I do know. Taylor Swift – and her handlers are all about image. And there is no way, image-wise, that she could ever be uh, supportive of or even stand idly by as something like that happens. So we are, I don't know, 48 hours out from the Chiefs. Uh, I just wanted to watch football this year. Why is it already right. being ruined by week three? God. I know. That's all I and wanted to do. That's it. I, I don't know if she's just going to not respond mm. to it. Perhaps that's the case. But like I said, it's all about image. Mm. Hey, last thing I've got. Did you watch the Tampa Bay game last night? Yeah, I, I just was hoping for so much more for Baker. I thought that could have been a big moment for his career and just kind of changed the narrative. But yeah, that was not the case. In no, Tampa. It, was, it was not. But here's the thing. They were down 14 late they made no attempt at all to ever stop the clock or anything they just straight up let the final drive totally take place didn't use their final timeouts never attempted to stop the clock at all i've never seen anything like that maybe it was shocking maybe they wanted to uh what was the final score 25 uh, 11 11 yeah, yeah. maybe they wanted to keep the uh, score agami uh, last ah. night was a scoreagami. It's the 1,078th unique final score in NFL history. Wow. Maybe that's what they cared about. Well, there you go. Uh, okay, I got a few. First off, Tech quarterback Tyler Shuck. Well, they're one and three, and now he's out six to eight weeks with a broken fibula. Not, mm. not great. They had no. so much hype coming into the year. I think the week of the first game, there were people picking them to play in and even win the Big 12 championship. Mathematically, they're not eliminated, but Tech ain't winning the Big 12 championship this year. Oof. Yeah, I agree. I uh, agree. Are you on the side of Lee Corso or Washington State head coach Jake Dickert? He got very mad after the game. Washington State's head coach did after Lee Corso said the Washington State-Oregon State game was the no one wants us bowl. And I, and I think uh, the Wazoo coach misquoted Lee Corso a little bit. Uh, on that one, but he went on like a, a 90 second rant afterwards. You on his side or you on Lee Corso's side? Um, I don't know. I get the coach trying to make a point of uh, putting their program out there a little bit because they're actually really good and their quarterback is fun to watch uh, and they're a dangerous football team. Um, I get what he's doing because they are a, um, I mean, just kind of a vessel floating around in the ocean right now without a port. So I get what he's doing, but, I mean, 
these coaches got to stop getting upset whenever national pundits say things. That's what they're supposed to do. It happened a lot. Uh, but, uh, let's see. Yeah. Ryan Day got upset. He got upset. Um, uh, Dane Lanning got upset. Go. Yeah. I mean, it was like a fiery weekend for college football head coaches. Last one I have. Actually, two. One, AD will be on Dancing with the Stars tonight. I know some will uh, be watching oh, that. My wife will definitely be watching that, and I'll get called into the room. <laughs> from across the house uh, to come watch whenever he's on. So that'll be fun. And the Athletic did a straw poll for the Heisman uh, with their riders. They have Michael Penix, one, Caleb Williams, two, Bo Nix, three. So three Pac-12 quarterbacks in their top three. It's kind of hard to argue with it, though, right now, isn't it? I I can't, man. Bo Nix has had a hell of a start to the year, and Michael Penix definitely has. I mean, he's incredible. I guess maybe the only other – person you'd go with would be the florida state quarterback perhaps with the with the nice win on the road against clemson i don't know all right quick time out more from the rush coming up hanging out at east village today they've got apartments available check them out online eastvillagenorman.com this is the ref sports radio network at Lander's CDJR of Norman, we are driven to serve, serving you with big savings during Ram Power Days, like 6500 off MSRP and 2.9% for a 2023 Ram 1500, or nine grand off a 2023 Ram 2500. Lander's CDJR of Norman. Say.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. 76 years ago today, Bud Wilkinson won his first game as head coach at OU. The win came in the 1947 season opener as the Sooners went on the road and beat Detroit Mercy 24-20. Of course, Bud would win 145 games at OU with three national titles and 14 conference titles as well. But 76 years ago today was win number one up there in Detroit. Yeah, what a lot of people don't know, and I, uh, people often point to the Cupcake non-conference schedule they had that year. People don't know that Detroit Mercy is actually really strong, had a bunch of seniors that season, so it was not as, uh, as bad as it appears. Sean, uh, loyal listener Sean, did text me earlier and said, 24-20 over Detroit Mercy. Can you imagine the panic, that four-point win, or conversely, how much Ted would have built up the Titans? Yeah. <laughs> that week of the game, you would have. Hey, I'm just telling you right just now. Just different on the eight mile up there in Detroit. You guys don't know. Mark my words, Detroit Mercy is going to win some, some football games this year. All right? It's a good spot. Hell, they may be a bowl team. Watch out. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Now, that's pretty cool, though. Pretty yeah. cool. Uh, Britt said last night Jaron Kanick practiced on Monday, correct? Yeah. Still never really heard what it was. Um, I saw Stutzman put out a picture of uh, Kanick sprawled out on the turf, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, but Vittable said, yeah, he was. He practiced Monday. Was was good to go. Now, um, we started off right with that for whatever reason whenever we had Coach Vittables on and you know, I, I told him that I thought that Kanick played his his best game so far this season, and he agreed. He did some really good things out there. I I feel like that was almost a – I mean, there's some plays in there for sure. There's some mistakes. But I feel like that was almost one of those light bulb type of games Hope for so. Kanick. 
Yeah, I hope so. Um, I, I thought immediately after, I mean, if you get taken to the hospital, it's, well, I don't think he's going to be out for several weeks, but he may be out at least one game. I, 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 I would tend to think differently if he's going to play or if he practiced last night as early as Monday. Good chance that he plays on Saturday. Well, I, if he practiced on Monday, I would say there's a 100% chance yeah, that he plays. And unless, I didn't think that was the, would have been the case right after on Saturday, yeah. so that's good news. Yeah, and, unless something else would have, you know, something else could happen throughout the practice week, but they plan on him playing or he wouldn't have One more real quick. KW the 918 said, what's sad is Detroit Mercy would finish third this year in the Big 12 Conference, and there's no lies detected. All right, there's nothing sad about that. Like I said, Mercy's good football team. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up here from East Village next.